2: Welcome to the, yeah, we're one game over 500 edition of Sharing Sox. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, and with me, my son, and back to being West Coast correspondent Will, who had a pleasant flight till I don't know, three in the morning or something on Tuesday to get back to Los Angeles. Uh, wow, it's, a, it's exciting baseball out there. The question we have at, at this moment, and there are many, but the big one is, has the female person of sveltness challenged already taken the stage or is she still in
1: her dressing room warming up she is uh he's speaking of the proverbial fat lady um which you know, I didn't I, want to use those terms it's, yeah yeah but we'll we'll just we'll <laughs> quote it we'll quote it we'll say it's a thing from the past um she Has not only warmed up, she's feeling great. She, when she takes in a deep breath, she feels her diaphragm expand, her lungs fill, she's breathing from the gut like what they ask you to. Everything's going right. She just had her sip of tea with a little throat coat just to make it easy. She's stepping up to the microphone she's tapped on it to make sure it works everything's working great she's taking one last deep breath before belting that huge note are Uh, the judges smiling at her the judges are smiling they know she's gonna (laughs) nail it kid she is gonna (laughs) nail it and uh right before it comes out they hit pause and that's where we are right now Oh, White, my god.
2: We're playing White Sox Got Talent. That, that's the show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a failed series. I can guarantee you this. I, I don't know everything about Hollywood yet, but White Sox Got Talent, not looking good. Not looking good. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, well, 63
2: and 62, four games behind Cleveland, and really more than that behind. Because even if they were to overcome four games, unless... They beat Cleveland all four remaining times. They still lose to them because Cleveland's up 9-6 on the season series. They need only one more win of the final four to break the tiebreaker. And I, I will say one thing for us on our behalf. Months ago, months ago, we said that t- before they were even close to first place, that the team to worry about was Cleveland, not Minnesota. We were we were ahead of the game there. We weren't we ahead of been the game right. with much other stuff.
1: Yeah, we have been right about so few things, Uh, but one of them is definitely that Minnesota was not a real threat, and that Cleveland somehow was a real threat. Here they are, they're in first place, they actually have a positive... Did did nothing at the the training deadline. Nothing, nary a thing.
2: Well, wait, Uh, we got Jake
1: Diekman. They actually have a positive run differential. We are sitting at negative 32 on August 26th. Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, <laughs> it is over. <laughs> it is over.
2: We should, we should say that you mentioned August 26th, but for those who don't have a calendar handy, this is Friday morning on the day after the Baltimore game where Baltimore tried to give the game to the Sox letting in a lead run on an error. Uh, and the Sox refused to accept that. Gentlemanly, I guess, you know, if you're a visitor. Uh, <laughs> strange things. Now, Adam Engel dropped a foul fly ball, routine fly ball. These things happen. They do not happen to him often. I will not get on him. It was only a foul ball. Two strikes then, on a guy who has 20 major league at-bats in which he has three hits and he has struck out more than half the time. He could probably catch up with a Liam Hendricks fastball if the mound was 150 feet away, but not at 60 feet. And they decide, let's go with a curve. That should be fun. (laughs) And that's his worst pitch, of course. He hangs it. The kid hits it, I don't know, 800 feet or so. Tie game. And then they can't score twice with a Manfred man. Uh, and they're, you you're deserve inevitably to lose. Gonna lose. I mean, I thought they were going to lose in did, the 10th.
1: That It was kind of freaky they didn't lose in the 10th. Nice play by Josh, I guess. But uh, to, to come out of extra innings with the, the Manfred man without a run, especially twice, I mean, that seems impossible that i just don't even know they didn't score them they never got at the third <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the podcast may i repeat it is over it is over we are 63 and 62 we have the same manager we had when we were 0 and 0 and a favorite to win the american league or at By least be in the top at least be in the top 3 of the entire uh, american league itself we are in third place in the american league central which is a joke of a uh division uh, i i don't see any way you come back from this with la russa in fact i, I will declare right now there is no way you come back with la russa there's no, no. way
0: there's, there's no also way. Way gonna, the, no way all this
1: no way all the studies quiet. are in the studies are in from all the major universities around the country, all of them have come back conclusive. If you keep Tony Larusa, you are a losing baseball team. And that is what we have decided to be. I think we and, and, and are- And frankly, go- Rick
2: Hahn, I'm, I'm tired of him too.
1: Yeah. Rick uh, Hahn needs to go. I, I don't care if he won, you know, manager of, of the century, uh GM of the century. I, I, I don't care. It, it's pathetic. We are a horribly run baseball franchise. I am sporting my Ken Griffey Jr. video game version hat today <laughs> because a video game version of Ken Griffey Jr. would beat any of these White Sox players I, in real I'm life wearing My Ozzy
2: my Ian's autograph hat. So uh, I was listening this morning I'd, at a grocery shop on Fridays normally, and I was on the way to the store. I was listening to the score. And they were spending a long time tearing into the White Sox. The, one of the guys uh, is actually a White Sox fan, so he was really bitter about it. But what they were getting on, other than managerial ineptitude in, in, in general and running the team, was how they are dealing with injuries. Luis Robert obviously cannot swing a bat. He's holding it with one hand. He is so good, he's gotten a couple of hits with one hand. But basically he's got a hand that cannot be on the bat. It is so bad. And it, then they wrap it after the game and he bats in a critical situation and of course strikes out. Then Yuan Moncada, uh, comes charging in on a bot, gets a slight eh, hamstring. They pull him out, but not then four innings later. So, and he showed that he could still run. So why did he come out then? Who knows? Michael Kopek, uh, in the, uh, the Kansas City game bizarre bizarre he obviously cannot throw during warmups he can't get the ball up to 90 miles an hour and he's not Mark Burley uh there's something very wrong they go out they talk to him they don't pull him until you know four runs later and who knows what happened to the kid's arm in the interim now, it may be the best thing that could happen for kopech is to go on the IL so they don't overpitch him by 60 innings
1: but still. I, I agree. I mean, Kopech, Kopech's done for the year. Uh, and and if they bring him back at any point, if that's even possible, is he on the 60-day or is he on the day? No, no, no,
2: he's just on the fifteen day. So he, he could come back around your birthday. They'd be,
1: yeah, they would be stupid to have him throw another pitch, which means that they'll have him throw another pitch. So – If I were Michael Kopech, I would just be trying to stay on that IL until I can get the hell out of Chicago and, and go play baseball for a team. That's that knows what they're doing. Our injury management, none of it makes any sense. We must have the worst trainers in the history of major league baseball. Sorry, trainers, please come on the podcast and tell us that we're wrong. I I would love to hear from you that. No, it's not us because it's so bad. I, I have to believe it's coming from somewhere else because you know, trainers are trained to be trainers. They they know what they're doing for the most part. I don't know what the heck's going on in Chicago. It it is an absolute embarrassment. Honestly, I hope all these guys just sit on the IL. You know, they they all get hurt every day anyway. You might as well put the whole team on the IL. Bring up a bunch of minor leaguers. Lose the next thirty games and and just wallow in your embarrassment for the rest of the year. It's absolutely pathetic. I I can't even I, I mean we've talked about this. Watching the White Sox win right now isn't fun. We we don't no, win in, know, I, in I, fun I, ways.
2: I often in earlier in the season and in other seasons even even the losing seasons would wish, oh, we're watching this show, which is okay, but I wish I could watch the ball game. I don't feel that way. I don't want to watch the ball game. I, I mean, I will if it's an afternoon game. I'll sit around and watch it, but and I don't want to turn over the channel and, and, and watch the game. We were mentioning the it's over. All three of the uh, computerized algorithmic predictors uh, tend to agree. But CODA, 82 and 80. Fan graphs, 82 and 85. 38, very optimistic, 83 and 79. Uh, four games back of the uh, uh, of Cleveland or three games back, your choice. The chance of the White Sox winning the division under 20% at fan graphs, 18% at Dakota. I mean, at uh, five thirty eight, 38 and 13.9 at Dakota, Uh the most optimistic of them making playoffs at all. And they're five games out of the wild card right now. Yeah. Uh, from sixth place. Uh, it's 31%. They started the season with a prediction like 99% of winning the division. Uh, and the the injury thing, you know, fans, teams, everybody whine about injuries. It's not whining anymore. It's These are really stupid. And the way they're yeah. being handled is real stupid. Every team has bad luck. Every team has injuries. Uh, every team, I mean, Pitching injuries are just inevitable. It's not natural to throw a rock 100 miles an hour and try to get it go wavy in the air. Uh, position player injuries, you know, that's not that hard a job, other than catcher. Catcher is a ruggedly hard job. The rest of them, it's not that hard. Uh And you should be able to get in condition where you don't get hurt doing that regularly. Maybe a freak thing. You know, you, you trip over a base. You, 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 you start sure. catches when you're going to make a catch. These things happen. This is just happening to the White Sox in the natural course of, of baseball actions that you have to anticipate.
1: It's, it's constant. It's constant. It's daily too. Uh, these are not, you know, sixty-year-old guys, seventy-year-old guys, eighty-year-old guys, ninety-year-old guys. These are twenty-six-year-olds. <laughs> these and are who guys. Is, who is who
2: is the one who is not injured ever and comes out every day, even though he's, I'm sure, hurting a lot? Is the oldest player on the team?
1: And I, I do think, uh, just while we're on Abreu, I think we are looking at the final month, uh, of Abreu's career with the White Sox. I, I think we should at least rally behind Jose. Um, but if we do not get rid of La Russa, there is a 0% chance he will even want to come back to this team. Why would you want to come back to this team right now? We are. So unappealing to free agents with our god awful coach, and and a morale that seems to be one of the worst in baseball. I I don't know why anyone would come to this team, and I don't know why anyone with an expiring contract would stay on this team for less money because we also don't pay guys. So it, it it's sad to say this is the end of the Abreu era. I, I do firmly believe that he's been the one bright light on the White Sox for so many years. And we actually thought, you know, we're past that era of Jose Abreu being the only bright light. And now we get to see Jose Abreu being part of this bigger, more and successful not, And thing.
2: not having to play as if the entire game depends on him. Because that's and what we have. Been. And Jose has a weakness. It is trying to put the whole game on his shoulders and then a swinging at bad pitches. And
1: what has Jose shown us? He no, has to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Every
1: time to. we think, oh, good, he doesn't have to do that anymore. He has to do it. He <laughs> has to do it. It's, it's just uh, painful to watch uh, at this point. This guy who has given everything to this team and – you know, keeping LaRusa in a lot of ways is an insult to Jose and his legacy. It's an insult this, to the whole damn team. Yeah. And the fan base. It's, it's an absolute slap in the face to your fan base who have been screaming tire phony from the, the crowd for months and months now consistently. And it's clearly not even a consideration. No. Other team with the expectations the White Sox had could sit at 63 and 62 with a negative 32 run differential on August 26th and keep their manager. No other team.
2: Yeah, the, the run differential doesn't bother me because run differential is so much a factor of type of, of, of team. Some teams win a lot of close games and get blown out on occasion. They have a negative run differential and they're really a very good team. And vice versa. It can it can happen the other way. It can have a positive run differential because you got a bunch but of what were,
1: in- But what were we uh, supposed to have this year? Playing in the AL Central. What know, were we five, supposed plus, to have plus this year? <laughs> <point>? Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're not a team where the whole idea was we're going to win close games. We were a team going in that was we're going to win every game eight to one. That, that is what we were expecting going into this year. That is what this team is built to do. We just have a coach who has been asleep since, you know, 2018. So, uh, he's been asleep since 2011. I'm just, I'm being generous. I'm giving him the <laughs> seven year cushion. Uh, we got to take our break real quick. We can talk about moving forward. What we have coming up. um, you know, we, we have had one of the better records in baseball over the past month, but we've been playing the worst teams in all of baseball, and it's still not that good of a record. Uh, let's take our break, and we will be right back on Sharing Socks.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We uh, unfortunately had to give you the news that everything is over and our spirit has died. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about things things moving forward. What are we looking at?
2: Well, we're looking at a week of again, once again, really bad teams. Three games with Arizona, three games with Kansas City, and now uh, Granky's on on the uh, IL. We're not we're not going to have to face him. Uh, so Kansas City will be even worse than it has been all year. We can't beat Kansas City. I believe they <laughs> just can't do it, which is unbelievable. Everybody else has had some real easy time with it. Uh, yeah, it's, and then, uh, three games at home against Minnesota, which is going downhill faster than the White Sox are going downhill. Uh, Buxton's been on, on the IL or at least heard if he's not on the IL almost all the time. And he's kind of their engine, even though Correa doing well, but that's about it. And they've had their, their lefty guys who are supposed to be sluggers are out for the season. I mean, they've, they've just, and their tire pitching staff, you know. Our injuries are, are pittance compared to what Minnesota's had. Still, that's it. That's the week. Uh, maybe we can get in. An- oh, and so now I drop in Elvis Andrus. He's hitting 200, which means uh, he's Leary Garcia with a glove. Uh, so, heaven hurts by by having uh, Leary on the on the IL. Although God knows when he comes back, he'll probably play the entire field by himself or something. <laughs> Uh, we have guys, incidentally, you should give credit to credit, Gavin Sheets, who's from Baltimore, really showed off for his dad in the home half, folks. He's, he's had a big week. Uh, yeah, he, he,
1: he actually was heating up a little before that, too. Gavin is now hitting over 250, I think, which, you know, of course doesn't feel like something to celebrate, but when you're rooting for this White Sox team, getting anyone up over 250 who wasn't there before is, is pretty great. I've, I've been, Impressed by sheets at the plate, if anything uh he's helping himself out to get away from the white sox in the near future and join a real baseball team uh but yeah gavin Gavin was kind of the one bright spot in this series uh that and the the Mankata, uh double play that saved the game, which was yeah, really exciting would have, would have been a sweep if he didn't make that play absolutely absolutely would have been um but yeah, yeah, credit where credit's due. Sheets has has looked good. Uh you mentioned we're about to head into series with uh Arizona, which is you know somewhat resembles a major league baseball team. If we I know I've said a thousand times on this podcast, it's over today. I've said that so many times. But if we do not sweep Arizona, it is actually over. <laughs> I, I I think if we come in here Especially with Arizona than Kansas City. We're 63 and 62. That's uh, six games before we meet again on this podcast. If we are not 68 and 63 this season. I I, I think it has to be five.
2: It has to be five. I have a feeling it'll be four and two, but it it really needs to be five and one. Why do you
1: have that feeling? Where do you get this feeling? (laughs)
2: <laughs> the other thing the other thing on the positive side was that uh Giolito and Lynn uh both pitched a little better. They're they're coming out of it a bit. Not maybe quite enough. Although yeah, and Lynn still was throwing, I don't know, hundred twenty seven pitches an inning. Uh Lucas had a very efficient game. Um uh, he his, Til, his till the was end. Well yeah. yeah. But I mean he, yeah. he was he was moving along. He was he didn't have that feeling as well I, I haven't gone a 3 2 on a guy for an entire batter. I better do that a couple of times in a row. Didn't do that, uh, which was nice to see.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Lynn ha- had a shaky start, settled down nicely. Giolito, you know, we still can't get anyone to get through seven innings other than Cueto, but uh, it, it was certainly a m- much of an improvement from uh, Giolito. He, he looked pretty sharp, the changeup was looking a lot better uh Lynn, who still just got no command of the ball uh at least his stuff is starting to look a little bit more like the lance Lynn that we once knew uh, so so there's your bright spot pitching wise obviously cease continues to to pitch well um again, you know not to the degree that I would like him to, but he is he is obviously a great pitcher i'm I'm being hard on him because I supported him through the the terribleness uh, of the last few years. And now Kopech's out. Um, so we're going to get to see who. David, uh, Davis Martin. Davis, Davis Martin's Martin. pitching Saturday. He's, you know, for a guy who's in emergency,
2: bring him up for the Miners' field and he's done fine.
1: Yeah, he's he's actually not been bad. I mean, you wouldn't want him necessarily as your everyday three or four, but he has definitely done a nice job. Um you know, we've we've had a few standouts from the minor leaguers coming up and, and just getting things done at least. Uh, not as many as we would have liked, but that's okay. But Martin has certainly been somewhat of a, a, a bright spot there. Uh, Bullpen-wise?
2: Well, I think we have – I've never seen it actually mentioned, and I'm too lazy to do the entire calculation, but I think we have the most expensive bullpen in the history of the game. We have to. In the history of the game, you think? Oh, I think. Whoever had, we got a $15 million and $9 million and $8 million, and then that's just the top three guys in payment.
1: Well, and that's who after paid, getting you? rid of a, another $15 million guy last yeah,
2: year. Yeah, there was, there was another $15 million in there. Uh I mean, who pays bullpens that? Nobody pays bullpens that uh, and gets this result.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say I mean, there are some bullpens out there making money, but they're they're also throwing strikes, which is pretty cool. Uh, Hendricks, what I don't know what's going on there.
2: Well, he had, he was. I'll tell you what's going on. I, I, it's the same thing they did the reverse with Cease. Uh, Steve Stone said multiple times on Tuesday they let him wait too long. Where they reversed and put Kopek in front of him to face Kansas City, which was incredibly stupid. Why do you want to put extra innings on Michael Kopek even before you see that he's hurt? But it gave C six days off and Steve Stone was saying, that's not natural. That's not normal. It's going to hurt him. Watch early in the game. He's going to be in trouble. And that's exactly what happened early in the game. He was in trouble. He says he'll straighten out by the third inning. I mean, Stoney, he, he protects the bosses too much. Because he knows who's signing his paycheck, but when it comes to pitching, he really knows his stuff, and they ought to listen to him and say, <laughs> instead of the whole oh, thing, a baseball ab-
1: person. absolutely! I mean, we've we've joked about this before, but it's not even a joke anymore. Let Jason and Steve manage the team from the booth. It it, it would be such a better team and baseball experience if those two guys. We're legitimately allowed to make all of the game time decisions while doing the broadcast. And the other (laughs) thing is they'd do great. They would do great. If you, if you made Tony double task, you know, eating a, eating a nacho while writing his name, he couldn't do it. But, but those guys could manage a game from the booth. I would be fine with that. Uh, they do have to take their food
2: food breaks though, where they where,
1: somebody sends up a giant burger or something, and they have to. I'm take still off, fine eat. with it. I'm still fine with <laughs> it. They could take two innings off each game, and I we'd be in a much better place than we are with Larusa.
2: We haven't even um, gotten to the 2023 schedule when we get to play a much
1: harder schedule. Yeah, tell tell us a little bit about that.
2: <laughs> we play every team in the National League, so basically it's, you can only play 13 games against your division foes which instead of 76, it's going to be 52. So that's 24 games, pretty much all, in fact, more than 24 games go over to the National League. You're going to play every team, I think, three times. And then the Cubs, because they're a rival, four times, you get a little benefit there. Um, And so your play against the East and West of the American League will not change appreciably. I think it's two fewer games. It's still six or seven per team. Um, But you'll be playing all the National League teams, which is going to be fun. you get to see some some more National League players, uh, if if Larus has gone, so I can go back to the ballpark. But uh,
1: yeah, I really, uh, I really like the schedule change. I I like that everyone's going to play everyone. I I think that's really fun. I, as soon as you, as soon as we got out of the realm years ago of American League and National League can only meet up in the World Series, which was very exciting. Uh But that's been gone for ages with interleague play. So I, I love this. I love this. Let's let every fan see their team play every star. I think that's important. I think it's it's fun that, you know, you, we're going to have these pitching matchups that we otherwise wouldn't have had. We're going to get to see sluggers we otherwise wouldn't have gotten to see play against our our squad. I think it's fun for the players too. You know, you now get to play, Every team in Major League Baseball, I think that's really fun for them, you know, when, when you're growing up wanting to play this game. I, I You know, you don't picture yourself with these uh, – well, you're playing wiffle ball in the backyard saying like, oh, uh, Bryce Harper's up to bat. Well, no, he's not because the Phillies uh, <laughs> actually wouldn't have played them that year. Uh, and now you can just do it. You can go willy-nilly with it. And and I, I think that's really fun. It's not advantageous for the White Sox saying. Any way, no. shape, or form, no. Um, no. But, it, but it could
2: very well be. And I've I've seen uh, commenters on our on our site ask the question: Will we see a division winner with a record under 500? Now, if we do, it's going to be in the American League Central, because well, the National League Central is even worse overall. Cardinals are pretty darn good, and Milwaukee's yeah. not bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals are, are very good. They're, they have just found it. Um, Let's just talk a little bit around the league. Uh, The Yankees are now in a division race, kind of, which they're only up seven and a half games and the Rays are surging and the Blue Jays are, are still, you know, getting it done. I, the Yankees are tanking hard. It is, it's one of those where it's, we'll it's see mysterious. I reels about it. It's, it's very
2: mysterious because now, uh, Giancarlo Stanton was out for much of yeah. the collapse and he came back last night uh, and drove in three runs. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to make a difference. They may get their offense back with him and He was certainly a key to it. And he was the guy betting after Judge. Uh which I guess means that judge gets a few better pitches to hit. I'd never give a pitch to hit no matter
1: what. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and then uh another thing that's you know, of course we we knew this. The Dodgers uh have opened up an absurd lead in the NL West. Games, something like uh it's up to uh eighteen and a half, I think. Oh, which is just incredible, uh especially considering that was a division that was kind of expected to have three playoff teams uh and and might still uh the the dodgers are are unbelievable i I don't see a world where anybody can beat them i I just don't they are the braves the braves are coming on they're they're
2: playing very very good baseball these days, but I don't think they're in the a match for for the Dodgers. Yeah, Although we, but, you know, the, the, we went to a game at Dodger Stadium this year and watched them lose to the Pirates. <laughs> with which did, on I out. think they
1: got swept by the Pirates at <laughs> yeah. home in that series. So unlike when the White Sox lose, uh, clearly the Dodgers, cause it's kind of since then, the Dodgers have been unbeatable. They lost three to the Pirates and they were like, Never again. <laughs> Never again. Uh, that is all the time we have for today, though. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I'm I'm, I'm keeping
2: an ear out the window because the fat lady may just sing on the street.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's safe to say. If we do not come back on here next week at 68 and 63 or better, uh, we will officially be holding the season funeral for the Chicago White Sox. Um, it's almost laughable at this point, but also I am dead inside Uh, because we were, we were talking, uh, I think on the first week of the podcast this season, talking about how do I come back to town for the playoffs? What do I do? How do we get world series tickets? We failed in 2005. How do we get them this year? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure it won't be that expensive to sit in guaranteed rate in November, uh, if you know the right people who can unlock the gate for you, uh, as it will be empty, uh, no doubt, but thanks so much for listening. We will see you no matter what with smiles on our faces next week on Sharing Socks.